0: count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead I press toward the goal of the you've got to forget there's got to be a gift of forget amen and uh, a lot of times we uh, remember the wrong things We don't remember the goodness, we remember the bad. And it causes us to hinder us. And Paul uh, says, forget those things which are behind. He's referring to looking back into maybe past relationships, memories, failures, temptations, or anything that might distract us from the single-minded focus of an upward call of Christ Jesus. Paul uh, drew this image, if you will, of an athlete that is running a race. And he has this uncompromised determination that he's going to reach the finish line and win the prize or the goal. And he said that he is going to focus on winning this prize I've got to forget the past so that I can reach forward to the future the New Living Translation says it this way I focus on this one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us Amen. The word forgetting in Philippians 3.13 means dismissing from the mind or paying no attention to. And so he's saying to us that we've got to quit dwelling on the past. We've got to quit dwelling on the things that, of, that are behind us. Because if you're going to win the race, the runner must dismiss every distraction from his mind. They must not rehash every uh, earlier mishap. They must uh, not take into account the mistake or wondering what would have happened if they would have done this along the course. But they've got to put all of that behind them. And Paul says, forget what is behind us and don't look back right stop dwelling on the past don't let anything hinder you or interfere with your present progress or your future efforts but you've got to uh, begin to look on forward and not look behind you personal growth as a believer was something that paul focused on i believe himself but he also challenged the church to continue to grow if you're not growing, how many know you're dying? Amen. If you're not growing, you're dying. I've tried to pastor some people before that told me that, that pretty much what they uh, said in so many words, they already knew it all. You can't help anybody that already knows it all. You know, they didn't need... Uh, life groups they didn't need discipleship they they already knew it all that was below them they but there's something wrong whenever you think that you're the smartest person in the room if you're the smartest person in that you know you need to get some new friends amen because you see the that whenever we are think that we have arrived at that place, then there's no level for us to grow. There's no desire for us to grow. There's no, nothing within us that says anything is better. But I like to get around people that will challenge me. I like to get around folks that know more about god than what i know that have a relationship greater than what i have with him because it it energizes you it pushes you to move forward and to believe that there's more to god than what you have experienced right and this tells me that Paul says that I've got, to, I've got to stretch with every fiber within me. I've got to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. This tells me sometimes in order for us to move forward, we've got to push. It's not always easy to move forward. It's not always easy. Sometimes the hardest part about moving forward is starting. How many know the hardest uh, position to move out of is a seated or a fixed position? A car in motion is easier to push than a car that's standing still, right? And whenever you're standing still, when you're stuck, when you're in a, a place that, that, that you are uh, just come to a stop or a standstill, it's hard to get movement again. But if, if the vehicle or, or something that you're trying to push is already moving just a little bit, it's easier to continue that forward motion than it is to get that into motion, Right? And so the hardest part is to move forward, is to get up or to get unstuck. And so sometimes, I know you may never uh, have experienced it, but, but I have uh, got my truck stuck before. And sometimes you can't go forward, right? Sometimes you just gotta rock it. But if you can get a little motion going, right if you can get something just start moving it some way somehow that motion then you've got a better chance of moving forward and sometimes in our spiritual walk with God we just get stuck we go through the rituals we go through the mundane prayer gets stuck worship gets stuck our our relationship of in the word gets stuck and we're just stuck in this one place and stuck in this rut and it's hard it's difficult because we've been here for some time and, and and now we're not seeing any spiritual growth we're not seeing any maturity we don't know anything more about God today than we did yesterday or matter of fact last week or 10 months ago and we're stuck in this place and and it's difficult to get moving when you've been stuck but you've got to get some kind of motion you've got to get some something that will put you into a place where that you can begin to move a forward even sometimes if it's going back so you can go forward sometimes we need to go back to the place of prayer Go back to the place of our first love. Go back to the place that we last experienced God and encountered God. Had a relationship with Him, if it's in worship or the Word or however that may be. That we go back to that place of encounter and we we gain from that. And it causes us to get into emotion until we can begin to move forward again. But I sense today that so many in our our nation today have become stuck because of the minutia that has been around us for the last couple of years, and we've got to do something to break loose from the mundane and from the rituals and the rigors of religion, and we've got to get a momentum that moves us forward into what God has for us in 2023. Amen. Now, I'm not stuck on the calendar. I don't believe, I think that the new year is good to celebrate. It's a time to recalibrate. It's a time to reset and get ready. But I don't think that God works on our calendar. I don't think that he does something because it's January 2023 and you know, and and a lot of people have um, a lot of mottos and and all of that kind of stuff and, and you know, like 2020. I don't know how many uh, preachers I heard, you know, 2020 is a year of vision. Yeah, they missed that. Yeah. Yeah, amen. And, and all of that. So it was, uh, you know, but I'm not saying anything against folks having, if God's given you something, put it in your heart, then run with it. But God is bigger than our calendar. God is bigger than what's going on, but it does cause us to, in our minds, reset and begin to think about what God is doing. And The thing that will not leave my spirit is that the Bible said the sons of Iskar knew the times and the seasons and knew what they ought to do. It isn't good enough only to know the time and the season if you don't know what to do. Right? But it is possible for us to be in a place where that we go through seasons of war, we go through seasons of battle, we go through difficult times and we come out of that and yet because we don't understand that we come out of that, we're still warring, still b- battling, still fighting a fight that there is no fight left. But we are fighting a battle that isn't ours. Amen. I said to you at the end of last week that don't pick any battles with something that's not got any spoil to it. That don't fight no fights that aren't yours in this season. Because I believe that there is a shift. There is something happening in the spirit that God is doing something today in the spirit realm that we have yet to see unfold in the kingdom of God but there is something that is shifted in the atmosphere how do you know that pastor because all you have to do you don't have to be spiritual minded all you got to do is look around us and you see that there is a shift just the other week, I was, uh, I don't know, four or five, six weeks ago now, was watching the Monday night football game and uh, watching, um, you know, Cincinnati uh, getting ready to take down the Bills. And, and then just a few minutes into that thing, all of a sudden, I watch a boy drop dead on the field. Right? Destiny was watching the game with me, and when she gets nervous she laughs and she seen the boy and they was running all that stuff and she said can it really be that bad i said that boy just dropped dead she said no i said yeah i said that wasn't from no hit that boy got back up and he dropped dead and he was dead when he hit the ground and sure enough what i thought happened they said did happen right Because all of my years of watching ball, you never see no amblins come out on the field. You with me? And what did they do? Start praying for Hamilton.
1: Now T-Bill got kicked out for that. Yeah. He just got over there
0: and silently knelt down and started praying. And they mocked him. They ridiculed him. They laughed him off of the field. Said, What kind of idiot are you? But there's a shift in the atmosphere to where now what was once being mocked is now being embraced. I was amazed whenever I was watching uh the sports channel and a man a media guy came on there i don't even know who he was and he said everybody's talking about praying but is anybody he said i'm gonna pray right here right now a year ago that boy would have lost his job but something's shifting something's changing Something is happening in the atmosphere that the church may not even recognize, but all you have to do is look around you. And we see that that young man, his life was spared, thank God. Amen. A few week, about a week went by, or two weeks went by, and they said it had worked for Hamilton. Let's pray for this guy that, that drowned while he was saving his children. I'm telling you, something's shifting. In our nation, and if we're not careful, the church will be so bogged down that we'll miss our moment. One of the most frustrating and uh, overwhelming scriptures that I ever read, and it it always comes back to me, is the Bible said that Israel came to the place of birth and had not the strength to bring forth. If we're not careful, church, we're going to miss our moment. There's going to be a window of opportunity that's going to open to us. And it's going to be a swift opening. And when that door opens for us, we've got to be prepared. We can't be stuck. We can't be looking back, but we've got to be looking forward. We've got to have some faith in our heart to believe God that what we have not seen and we have only heard about, that we continue to have a faith to believe God for the miraculous and for the supernatural to take place, not only in our life, but those that are coming. Amen. You've got to get unstuck. Tell your neighbor, get unstuck. Get unstuck. 2 Kings chapter 7, we know about the four leper's men. And Now there were four leper's men in the entrance of the gate. And they said one to another, why are we sitting here till we die? If we say we will enter into the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we shall die also. Now therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of Syria. And if they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. (laughs) You ever heard the saying, the most dangerous person in the world is someone who has nothing to lose. These lepers were in a stuck place. They was just outside the city gate. They was just outside where business was being transacted. Because the city gates is where the business would take place. And, and they was just outside of the city gates, but they were stuck there, not able to enter in. But the Bible says that they begin to talk amongst themselves. Sometimes we need to talk to one another. Amen. As long as we keep it all isolated and as long as we are always by ourselves, then we, the enemy will cause us to think we're the only ones going through what we're going through. Amen. But sometimes we just need to, you can't talk to everybody, but there's somebody. You got to be able to talk to somebody. And and these four lepers men, they were in the same circumstance, the same situation. And they started talking amongst themselves and says, It doesn't make no sense to me that we'll sit here and just die. And somebody else spoke up and said, Well, what's what's the... End game, what, what's gonna happen? And they began to discuss it. And they said, Well, if we go into the city, then then we might be killed on sight. Right? Because they were leopards, they were unclean, they knew they weren't supposed to be there. But they said, Well, they may kill us there, but it might be that they will look on us and have compassion. They may the Syrian army. They they may take us, and they may uh, feel compassionate toward us and keep us alive. And if they do, we will live. But if they don't, the only thing can happen is we'll die. Amen. Only thing that can happen is we'll die. We have nothing to lose. These four leprous men had nothing to lose. If they stayed where they were, they knew what was going to happen. They were going to die. But if they got up and began to move forward, as scary as the unknown was, they had a 50-50 chance of a different outcome. There's a chance that they would be killed, but there was a chance that they would have compassion upon them. They already knew the end result if they stayed where they were and if they did not get up from where they were. And my question today is to you, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose to get up and dare to believe God? What do you have to lose to dream your dream again? What do you have to lose to rise up from your place and face your uncertain future and say if I die then I'm just going to die. It's going to be alright. But it might be that I'll have victory. It might be that God this is where God will give me an answer to prayer. It might be that this is the place where a miracle will take place in my life right because you can you can never have a victory without having a battle i preached this preached from this text many years ago and i preached and said if i die let me die in the camp of my enemy Don't let me die outside the city gate. Don't let me die just looking in but never experiencing. But if I die, then just let me die in the fight. Let me die gaining something. Let me go there. But you see, a lot of times we're just satisfied with where we are. You will never get up from where you are until you get sick of where you are. If you're not sick of where you are, you will maintain and you will continue to stay where you are. It doesn't matter if it's spiritual, if it's physical, if it's financial, if it's mental, whatever the case is. Until you get sick and tired of being in that place, you will never dare to rise up and get out of that place. But when you get tired of it. When you get tired of where you are and you get frustrated with where you are, I promise you some way and somehow you will rise up from where you are and you will begin to take a chance again. You'll begin to rise up and say, I don't know what's going to happen, but one thing I do know, I'm not going to die here. I'm not going to die here. There's a chance that I may be killed. There's a chance that I may be destroyed. But there's also a chance that I am going to overcome in victory. I already know what I'm going to get. You already know what you're going to get if you stay where you are today. Because that's what you've had already. And the question is are you satisfied with what you've had already? If you're not, why not take a chance? Why not take a risk? Or if it has to be spiritual, why not faith it? Because faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It's not seeing it. It's not feeling it. It's not knowing it. It's about a risk. It's about a, something on the inside of you that says, let's just believe God to do what we don't see. Because it don't take faith to do what you already see, what you already have. You don't have to have faith for what you've already got. You've got to have faith for something you have. It has not been wretched yet. It has not, it's not within your grasp. But you've got to have faith to move forward. Amen. Jonathan and his armor bearer is one of my favorite stories in 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verse 6. It says, and then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised. It may be
1: that the Lord is with us. (coughs) Right? It may be that the Lord is with us. Now how many believe that Jonathan had certainty about that? He said I don't know if God's with us or not (laughs) but it might be that
0: he is he said let us go over to this uncircumcised and he said that 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 garrison and he said maybe the Lord will work for us for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few right he said it don't take a whole army all God's got to do is speak the word. If he gives us this army today, we win the battle. But I love what David's, David or Jonathan's heart is, but I love the answer of his armor bearer even more. So his armor bearer said, Do all that is in your heart. Go then. Here I am with you according to your heart. Amen. Sometimes you need somebody to go on a faith journey with you. I don't know if Jonathan would have went without his armor bearer, but it gave him confidence whenever his armor bearer said, I'm with you, Jonathan. (laughs) Whatever's in your heart to do, I don't need you to explain it. I don't need to understand it. If it's in your heart to do it, I'm going to go with you, and we're going to do it together. Glory to God. You see, that's the reason the Bible said one shall chase a thousand, but two shall put 10,000 to flight. Whenever we come into agreement together, we begin to see that something supernatural happened because we see the mathematics of God, and the mathematics of God doesn't, it isn't something that can be figured out. Right? It ain't new math, it's God math. And whenever you put one, shall put a thousand, when you ma- uh, look at it in math, then two should put two thousand, but no two shall put ten thousand to flight. That's the power of agreement. That's, that's, that's compound interest. Come on somebody. That's compound interest. Because it is the power of coming into agreement that says if you will believe with me, then something supernatural is going to happen. And God is looking for people today. You've you got to get somebody that will say yes. You've got to get somebody that will agree. And when we come into agreement together, things begin to shift. Cities will not be one because one person believes it. Cities will not be saved in a day because a preacher gets up and preaches it. But there's got to be an agreement. There's got to be people that will grab a hold of it and say, I believe the word of God. I believe the promise of God. I believe that this is what God is wanting to do today. And uh, Jonathan and his armor bearer raise up them and them alone. And they go into where the enemy is. I want to tell you today that sometimes in our life for us to have greater victory than we have, we can't. Set back on our laurels and say oh if God wants me to have it healed. No you've got to go into enemy held territory by the power of the spirit and say I'm coming and I'm going to get everything that God has promised me. I'm going to receive the goodness of God. I'm going to receive the blessing of God. I'm going to, God has put a a word in my life and over my life and I'm not about to back down. I'm not about to just sit here and wait on the outside of the gate and see if something good will happen. I'm not going to stay here another day but I'm going to get up and just go see if God will work for me. I'm going to put my faith into action and I'm going to be. Begin to move forward, and if, as I move forward, his Holy Spirit will empower me to have victory. He said, All that's in your heart, do it. And then in verse 23, it said, So the Lord saved Israel that day,
1: and the battle shifted to Beth Avon. Did you just hear what I read? A whole nation got victory
0: because two men just went to see if the Lord would work for them. Glory to God. Imagine what happened in your family if you just got up and went and seen. If the Lord would work for you. Imagine what would happen in this community. If one life would just get up. And go see.
1: If the Lord would work for us. Huh. He said. Israel. Was saved. That day. Because Jonathan.
0: And his armor bearer said let's go see, maybe God will
1: work for us. And a whole nation was saved because two men came into agreement to
0: just go see if God would do a thing for them. Then I love what it says, the Bible says, the battle shifted. Is there anyone ready for the battle to shift? I said, is there anyone ready for the battle to shift? To battle to shift in your favor. The Bible says that it shifted to Beth-Avon. I like doing word searches. And this word Beth-Avon, the root comes, it means to come to not or to nothingness. In other words, that they went in and the enemy was raging and fighting and Jonathan and his armor bearer goes in and as he go, they go in, the they battle shifted and it came to nothingness. The Hebrew meaning of this word means it, it has its root family or family house or Children. This tells me and speaks to me that when you take a faith step and just go see that God will shift the battle in your favor and bring it to nothingness for your house and your children and another generation. Glory to God. So that what you are presently fighting, your your children won't have to fight it too. Right? Right? And that's worth fighting for just itself. We're not in this fight just for ourselves. We're fighting for generations to come. And the Bible tells us here that David or Jonathan and his armor bearer went and they fought and the battle shifted and it shifted not only for them but generations to come. Sometimes all you need to do is hear something. Faith comes by hearing and hearing Hearing by the word of God. For you to, in order for you to get unstuck. For, in order for you to move from where you are. Sometimes you just need to hear something. That's the reason why it's important for you to tell your story. It's important that, that people hear what God has done for you. The last thing America needs is another super duper preacher. The last thing that America needs is another Hollywood superstar preacher. What America needs is for saved people to start telling their story. That your neighbor can't relate to super duper preacher on TV but they know your life they know how you live they know the difficulties that you've gone through and whenever they see it in flesh and blood and you tell your story it is relatable to them they can begin to relate to it and they can grab hold of it and it can become real and they say if they did he did it for Josh then he can do it for me If he did it for David, he can do it for me. If he did it for Sally, he can do it for me. Right? Because they begin to believe it because it it becomes real. It's not some mystical thing. It's not some person way out there on television. But it's somebody that lives next door to me. Huh? Huh? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's the reason why it's important to hear the Word. Receive the Word. In Luke chapter 8, the very familiar scripture of the woman with the issue of blood. She had spent all of her living, right? You know the story. She spent everything that she had and had only grew worse. All the physicians, nobody could help her. It's not putting off on physicians, thank God for doctors, but they're limited in their ability. But there she heard that Jesus was passing by her way. Right? And now she heard Jesus was passing by her way and now she has to make a decision. Am I going to stay here the rest of my life and die? Or am I going to do something different? And she took a faith step. And the first faith step that she took, she, nobody even seen it. Because she said within herself. You see, everything starts on the inside. And works its way to the outside. You get, it starts with a thought. Every action that we take, it, you don't never take an action without thinking about it first. It starts in your mind, either consciously or subconsciously. But it starts in your mind. And it is in that mind that every action that we take works its way out. And she said within herself, If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. She had nothing to lose. Right? If she was caught, she knew the consequences. She knew that according to the law, she was unclean. According to the law, she would not even be recognized in the crowd or even in public, let alone touching somebody. But yet she said in herself, I have nothing to lose. I'm going to die if something doesn't change in my life right if I've continued to stay where I am I know the end does it sound familiar the same story of the lepers but yet it's in the New Testament we're going to die if we stay here I want to tell you today one life church we're going to die if we stay here we've got to rise up from where we are we've got to forgive those things which are behind and there's gotta be a hope there has gotta be a purpose there's gotta be a determination on the inside of us that says there is a greater day that is ahead and we've got to grab hold of it by faith and go for it. Amen. Amen. Go for it. Go for it. She said, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. And she set out on her way to do just that. And she presses through the crowd. She presses through the obstacles. She goes, pushes her way through all of those that are thronging and around him. And reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. We know the end result. That's the reason we aren't getting excited about it today. We've heard it preached so much. But have you ever done it? Have you ever got tired of dying? Have you ever got tired of the place you are? Have you got ever got tired of looking back and regressing and holding on to what has been instead of getting a hold of something in your future that will pull you into the destiny and the purpose of God over your life? Or are you satisfied dying? Are you satisfied just going through the mundane and living life day by day but never having no victory, never having no hope, having no purpose the devil is a liar you were created for greater there is purpose over your life there is a destiny over your life but you've got to get up and you've got to move forward and if you'll dare to move forward God will work on your behalf
1: but maybe you got too much to lose Maybe you've still got too much pride. Maybe you can think that you can still do it on your own. You
0: don't, you don't need all of that yet. Well, you're not ready yet then.
1: Just do some more dying. Just stay a little longer. But the challenge to it is,
0: There is a place where you get so weak that you don't have the strength to get up. That's the danger of staying too long. That's the danger of thinking that you can make it on your own too long. And you come to a place that when you do decide in your mind that I'm going to get up, that you become weak. That you cannot get up. It's amazing to me how
1: quickly you can lose your strength. I visit people in the hospital and nursing home and I see them go in and, and they're a little down and all of that, especially in a nursing home. And they look, you know, you can tell they're
0: a little sick, but they're not moving they don't get no exercise and before long
1: they they can't even get out of bed quickly the muscles begin to retract and it's a sad thing it's a sad
0: thing but it is also a spiritual principle the longer we sit where we are our faith gets weaker our hope begins to vanish our joy begins to be depleted until we say we know that we're going to die here but we don't have the
1: strength to get up from here blind bartimaeus was standing by the way
0: in luke 18 you know blind bart he said what's all the ruckus about they said Jesus is coming (laughs) sometimes all you need to do is hear something Jesus is coming and the Bible says that he cries thou son of David have mercy
1: on me right he didn't have nothing to lose he knew that the
0: rest of his life he would remain blind But he had this one chance. He didn't know if he'd have another chance. He didn't know if he was going to have, but he had this chance. And this chance, he cries out, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And like good friends do, they said, be quiet, Bart. You don't want to embarrass yourself this is Jesus this is the Messiah this is the Christ he ain't got time for you you a blind beggar don't embarrass yourself isn't that what the devil always tells us don't embarrass yourself worshiping God like that don't embarrass yourself going to that altar Don't embarrass yourself thinking God's going to do something for little old you. You're nobody. You're nothing. But see, that's the one God specializes in. Those who don't have nothing to lose. As long as you think you do, you'll never get to a place that you'll cry out, Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. But he cried out and he said Thou son of David have mercy on me And they said be quiet Mark Be quiet He don't have time This is the master He's far too busy for this kind of business But Christ he cried out Thou son of David Have mercy upon me Because he needed him I'm telling you today we need him I said we need him And so we don't worry about the opinions of people, the expectations of men. We cry out, have mercy upon me. Because we need Him in our life more than we need the opinions of people. More than we need the applause of men. We need the presence of God. It's in Him that we live and we move and we have our very being. And if it had not been for Him, our enemies would have already destroyed us. But when we'll call on the name of Jesus, Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. You see, the enemy wants you to keep silent. He wants you to hush up. He wants you to stay in your misery and suffer in your silence. But if you'll just dare to rise up this morning and cry out to him, he's passing by our way. He's doing something new. There's a fresh wind of the Spirit that is blowing and he'll breathe life into you. He'll breathe strength into you. He'll breathe hope into you and you'll have a future and have a destiny and have a purpose glory to God oh somebody praise him this morning come on somebody praise him here today Lord we bless you we praise you because we need you And we refuse to stay where we are another day. God, we rise up and we say it's not by might nor by power. But we need you today, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So, Father, we cry out to you today. And we ask you to move upon our hearts. Move upon our lives. Do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Because we need you today. Hallelujah. Stand with
1: me this morning. I don't know who I come to talk to, but I come to talk to somebody.